I want to finish with a message of mercy. Last Sunday we talked about mercy, and I define mercy to you. That uh, I told you that mercy is God's system of overriding judgment or the consequences of an action that makes legal the punishment that we suffer. So mercy comes to override judgment. Mercy is different from being sorry. Mercy is a word compassion. So mercy moves us to give an answer. Hallelujah. And I told, I showed an example where Jesus moved with compassion, changed the situation of people. Now this morning, we need to understand that mercy is the solution for the curse. So when you are under curse, it's mercy that becomes the solution of the curse. The Bible says that the land that dwell in darkness has seen a great light. Jesus, the Son of God, was manifested to the land of Zebulon, uh, to the land of Galilee. He said to the place of, I call the place of the Gentile. He said, I'm manifesting myself. His mercy came to them and light broke through. So when there is curse, we need to invoke the mercy of God. Hallelujah. So mercy is the remedy for curse. If you see in your life that an area is not going well, you call upon the mercy of God. When, when, when infused with mercy, we come to a place where solutions are given. Mercy. We read the scripture in Psalm 102 verse 13 that says, You shall arise and have mercy for the set time to favor Zion has come. So the mercy of God invades our lives. Hallelujah. There is a set time. There is a set time for the visitation of God. You need to understand that. There, somebody experienced that in the book of Genesis, chapter number 18, verse 14. God said to Abraham, I will return at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. He said, I will, I will return to the, at the appointed time. Let me tell you something. There is a Kairos time that is written upon your life. And when you hit the window of that Kairos time, nothing can stop you. Hallelujah. It's not the Kronos, it's the Kairos. Hallelujah. And, and the Bible says that, that God said to Abraham, at the appointed time, I will come. So nine months from now, I will come. And Sarah will have a son. And I want to say to somebody, the set time to favor you has come. I say the set time to favor you has come. And when that time comes, you need to have discernment. You need to have understanding so that you may move with the power of the Holy Spirit. I told you that we started a time of favor. I told you some time ago, and God said, you shall, you shall arise and have mercy on us for the time to favor us has come. And I'm telling you the thing that you couldn't achieve before. In this season, you're going to achieve them. The grace of the Lord is going to manifest himself so much in you that you're going to stand amazed of what God is about to do in your life. Hallelujah. The mercy of God is to be invoked in time of trouble. When we try everything and we fail, that's where the mercy of God should be invoked. You see, Sometimes we know how to do warfare. But we do the warfare and nothing is coming. Sometimes we know how to pray in tongues. We pray in tongues and nothing is moving. I don't know if you have been in that place. You fast, nothing is moving. You break the curse, nothing is breaking. 
in that time invoke the mercy of God. You see, when you struggle with sin and you pray and you fall into the same sin, it's time to invoke the mercy of God. When you are bound and it seems to you that the chain is not being broken, it's time to invoke the mercy of God. It's not time to stand there and say, I am strong. It's time to stand and say, Lord, your mercy. Because without your mercy, this thing will kill me. God has given mercy so that you may escape. <laughs> mercy is there for us to escape things that trap us. God knows that by our own strength or knowledge, we might not be able to escape some of this stuff. Because, let me tell you something. The Bible says, very important, the Bible says something that is very, very much important. And you need to understand. I want to, I want to just talk to you a bit about that. In the book of Psalm 89, verse 15, I want you to put it on the PowerPoint, on the, on the screen. Psalm 89, verse 15. Psalm 89, verse 15. Verse 15, sorry. Psalm 89, verse 15. Are we in Psalm 89, verse 15? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Psalm 89, let me read from my... Uh, I'm on the wrong scripture. It's not Psalm 89, verse 15. But I'll read it from here. It said, it said, righteousness, or there are righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Hallelujah. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And let's go on. And mercy and truth go before you. Righteousness and justice. Do you know that scripture, what it means? It means that everything you do that deserves punishment, you should be punished. It means that God is a God of justice. Meaning you cannot do something wrong and God say, no, you will go and go free. His throne is based on that. And if he denounce that his throne will collapse. Righteousness and justice. But then you create a system. You say mercy goes before you. So, so, so when you make mistake before the throne of judgment meets you, mercy meets you. And mercy corrects the situation before you are exposed to God. So the foundation of his throne is justice, judgment and justice. But mercy and truth Go before him. Hallelujah. Mercy and truth. And can I submit to you that John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the truth. So what goes before God is the sacrifice of Christ. So when we are in deep trouble, the cross speaks mercy over us. When the Father decides to destroy us, mercy speaks on our behalf. That's why we cannot be afraid to go before the throne. Before the, because we call, before we encounter the throne, mercy meets us. Let me give you a picture. Mercy is the one that opens the door when you knock. When you want to go before the throne of grace, when you want to go before the throne of God, because the throne is established in righteousness and justice, 
mercy has to open the door so that you go through mercy. And by the time you encounter the throne, you are already covered in mercy. And judgment is being dealt with. So you need to understand that mercy is a secret weapon that the devil does not understand. Because the devil understands punishment, but he does not understand mercy. That's why you cannot claim, you cannot ask the devil for mercy, because the system of mercy does not exist in him. It's a system of punishment and judgment that exists in him. Now, the Bible says in the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 18, verse 38. Luke 18, 38. Let's go there. Luke 18, 38. The Bible says, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That was blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus understood that if it's for justice, I will never see. If God has to count what I have done against me, I will never see. But I want to see. And for me to see, I need to invoke a system that is higher than judgment. So it's a son of David, have mercy on me. You see, when you pray and you don't ask God for mercy, you'll be in trouble. You don't go there boasting. You go there asking for mercy. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. God made sure that you will never run out of mercy. You will never run out of the possibilities of mercy. And he made sure that we will not run out of accessing the mercy of God. Hallelujah. That's why in the book of Lamentation, chapter number 3, verse 22 to 23, he says this, Lamentation 3, 22 to 23. Lamentation. It's from the prophet Jeremiah. Lamentation, chapter number 3, verse 22. To 23. He said, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. Let's go. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. He said, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. Meaning, without the mercy of God, we will be consumed. But through his mercy, we are not consumed. And what does he do? Every morning he, he renewed it. So that you will never run out of it. So God makes sure that one of the attributes of God that are renewed every day is mercy. So every day has a new mercy. Greater judgment, greater mercy. Greater offense, greater mercy. Every morning when you wake up from your bed, know that the mercies of God are new for that day. If I couldn't pray yesterday, today there is mercy for me to go on again. His mercy are new every morning. Can we celebrate him in the house? His mercies. Oh, the Lord's mercy are new every morning. His mercy are new, are new every morning. Through the Lord's mercy, 
we are not consumed. If we have to take who we are in the flesh, we'll be consumed. Do you understand that? And I told you, don't think because you are under the blood, you cannot go under judgment. The one that tells you that is lying to you. Many people have died because they didn't call on mercy. Do you understand that Ananias was a believer? Do you know Ananias was a believer? Because in the book of Acts chapter number 5, they say when the believers were bringing their staff together, Ananias brought his. So Ananias was part of those who sold their staff. Ananias was part of those who sat under the, the teaching of the disciples. Ananias was in the church. And he came and he lied. And when he lied, instead of invoking the mercy of God, he failed. And Peter says, that why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? And he died. His wife came, said the same thing. He died. People, I want to tell you something. This cheap gospel that people are preaching to you, that cheap gospel can lead you to hell. Oh, somebody listen to me. I say somebody listen to me. Somebody listen to me. I want to take you to a scripture that will blow your mind. Mm -hmm. I want to show you the one you are worshiping so that you can call for mercy. Because if you think you are worshiping a lame God, you cannot call for mercy. But when you know you are worshiping a true and powerful God, you are able to call for mercy. Let's go. I want to take a scripture in the book of Revelations. Thank you, Father. Say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. In the book of Revelation, God says this. It's Jesus talking. Mm. He said, in the book of Revelation, chapter number 2, I want to read from verse 18. To the angel of the church of Thyatira, write these. These are the words of a son of God whose whose eyes flame of, are flame of fire and his feet like fine brace. Let's go. I know your works, love and service, faith and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have few things against you. He's talking to a church. Because you have allowed the woman Jezebel who call herself a prophetess. That's why you must be careful. All these prophets and prophets that are popping out there. <laughs> to teach and seduce my servant to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to... My God, my God, my God. So the mercy of God went to her. And he says, I gave her time to repent for her sexual immorality. And she did not repent. And this is what Jesus says. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed. Who is casting into a sick bed? And those who commit adultery with her in great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Let's go on. I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the mind and the hearts. 
This is the Jesus we are talking about. You have a, no, we are under the blood, it's finished. He said, unless you repent. He said, I, Jesus, I will not send an angel. I will go and do this work myself. I will clean up my church so that the church may know that I am God. He said, you cannot, you cannot joke with this thing. You cannot joke with this. But you know, as he said this, he said, but if you repent, mercy. So he's not intentionally coming to destroy. Mercy goes before his throne. So that if you fail to understand who you are worshiping, you will fail to repent. Because the church has told you that we serve a Jesus that can't do anything. But this Jesus I'm talking about is a Jesus of the book of Revelation after crucifixion. He's not a lamb anymore, he's a lion. Oh, you don't have to say what I'm saying. He's not coming back as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion, as a king, the lion of Judah. This is the one that is coming back. We are not worshiping a dead God. We are worshiping a living God. And God says, my favor and my mercy goes before you. And this scripture is not taken out of context for scholars and theologians that will say you are lying to the people. It's not out of context. This is in context. Those churches that Jesus talked about were destroyed because they did not repent. The lamp was removed, and the lamp is the church. But when you read this with fear and trembling, we call on his mercy. You will not understand mercy if you don't understand the heart of judgment. You will never understand mercy if you don't know that Jesus is the one that sent mercy to you. The reason why I call upon mercy is because when I read things like this, I say, Lord, I don't know my own heart. Maybe I'm saying things that my heart is not in it. And I plead for your mercy upon me so that mercy may override judgments. The church needs mercy. I say the church needs mercy. The church needs mercy. The church needs mercy. Hallelujah. The fear of God needs to come back to the church. Yes, yes. The fear of the Lord needs to come back to the church because power is ushered by the fear of the Lord. The reason why the church has lost the power is because there is no fear in the church anymore. We are doing as we want. We are not honoring him. There is a pattern. There is a blueprint in heaven. He said to Moses, be careful to construct the tabernacle the way I show you. So it means that if Moses tried to construct the tabernacle another way, the presence wouldn't come in. So if we try to worship God the way we want, the presence will never come in. If we worship him in the spirit and truth, these are the worshipers that God seeks. He has given a pattern for worship, a model for worship. He said, those who worship in the spirit and truth, I'm in their midst. Don't say those who have a good voice. He didn't say those who come to church on Sunday. He said, I'm searching to worshipers. Those who worship the Father in the spirit and truth. For these are the worshippers God is seeking. The reason why the world is laughing at us is because we have perverted the message of Christ. So there's no power anymore. There's no fire anymore. There's no fear of the Lord anymore. There's no zeal for God anymore. There's no passion for God anymore. There's no people that sit on the, lie on their face and seek God anymore. 
We have Sunday goers people that worship for two hours and it's finished. And the rest of the week, they are going on on their business fine. God is calling us back to him this morning. By mercy, he's calling us back because his heart of mercy is extended to you. He said, if you repent, I will have mercy on you. He was even prepared to have mercy on Jezebel. You don't understand what I'm saying? He was prepared to have mercy. He said, that woman called Jezebel, I gave her time to repent, but she did not. So God was prepared to have mercy on the system of Jezebel. And if Jezebel had repented, the system wouldn't exist today again. That because she refused to repent, the system carried on. When you refuse to repent, that thing carried on to your children. Don't cheer on, sir. It's not about, it's not about, no, no. You know there are systems that you carry through. So your children will have to repent and come to the saving knowledge of Christ and disconnect themselves from it. I tell you, every giant that you don't kill in your life will live on and fight your children. If David didn't kill Goliath, Goliath would have lived on and fight with other people. And David terminated Goliath. By the Lord's mercy this morning. I say by Lord's mercy. Every giant in your life is falling. Every system, every system that has taken captive your people and your generation is falling because of the Lord's mercy. He has mercy on us. Mercy on us, Lord. Mercy on us. Mercy on us. Mercy on us. I want to show it so that you may see the importance of mercy. If you don't see the importance of mercy, you will never call for mercy. You know, I want to give my personal experience. Sometimes I go to pray, and the whole time I go to pray, I only pray for mercy. I don't pray for anything else. I just beg God for mercy. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. Have mercy. Because I cannot go before his throne and bragging. Because he knows me. So I don't need to hide. Mercy. Somebody say mercy. mercy. Say, have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Now, mercy. In mercy, there are things that God allows us to have in mercy. Our eyes are open over the possibilities in the spirit by mercy. Our eyes are opened over the possibilities in the spirit by mercy. So when God has mercy on us, he can open our eyes over something that is there but we didn't see. Because let me submit to you that it's not what you, it's not because you don't see it that it does not exist. That what you don't see does not mean it does not exist. It just means that you don't see it. What, what is happening there? Huh? Be? Don't distract us. Mercy. Hallelujah. So sometimes we, we, we clamp ourselves to the reality of the natural. And we forget that there are many things in the spirit. I want to give you an example. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis, 
chapter number 21, verse 19. Genesis chapter number 21, verse 19. Hallelujah. They said, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. He's talking about, we're talking about uh, uh, Agar. Agar and uh, Ishmael had been chased out of a house by Sarah. Hallelujah. They wandered in the land and they came to a place where there was no water. The water in the skin was finished. And they start to cry. And Bible says, and God heard the voice of Ishmael. And then he opened her eyes and she saw the well. Do you know that that well was there? But she didn't see it. Something prevented her to see the well. And it took God's mercy to open her eyes for her to see the well. Ah. Can I submit to you that there are wells around you? that you might not see. You are crying for God to meet you, but the meeting has already been prepared, but you don't see it. This woman was weeping because there was no water, but there was water. She didn't see it, but the water was there. There are many things in your life that you are crying for today, but are already there, but you don't see them. Then you cry out to God in mercy to open your eyes so that you may see what you don't see. Provisions has already been given to you, but you don't see it. Do you know it's possible for you to walk in a place and look for something that is already there? It's happened a lot to me. I'll put my car key somewhere and I don't see it anymore. Then I accuse everybody in the house. Where, where did you put it? Where, where? I don't know if it happened to you. And I will be told that, look after your staff. And uh, so now when I don't see it, I don't ask. I say, Lord, mercy. <laughs> Open my eyes so that I may see. Could it be that The measure you are trusting for is already there, but you don't see. That's why you say, God, give me eyes to see and an ear to hear. Could it be that the job you are asking for is already there, but you don't see it? Mercy. Say, Lord, open my eyes over the possibilities of the Spirit. You know, if we become aware in the spirit and we are really fine and defined in the spirit, we will stop beating around the bush. Yes. We will stop beating around the bush. We will go straight to the thing. But I know sometimes God allows us to learn as we search. He allows our senses to be trained. But we, must, we will come to a place where because our senses are trained, we walk to the thing. Hallelujah. We don't waste time anymore. I'm praying that God may open our eyes by mercy this morning. So, I know that our time is already gone, but I want to say the last thing. Why people are prevented from receiving mercy? Why are people prevented from receiving mercy? 
I want to, it's a long scripture, we won't read it, in the book of Matthew chapter number 18, verse 23 to 35. Matthew 18, 23 to 35. It's a long reading, so we might not read it. I want to just tell you the story. There was a, there was a king that decided to settle his matter with his servants. And then he called one of them that owed him a lot of money. And then he said to the man to get himself ready to pay him back. The man fell on his knees and begged the king. And the king had mercy on him. And the king let him go. When he got out, he met somebody else that owed him money. He grabbed that person from, by the neck. And he said, you, I've been looking for you. Where are you gone? In the whole town, I don't see you. So he grabbed him. The guy said, have mercy on me. He said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've been looking for you. Now I must have mercy. He grabbed the guy, went to the police with him. I'm just saying that way. And they put the guy in jail. And while they put the guy in jail, the servant, other servant of the king were witnessing. They came to the king and they told him, that guy that you released didn't release somebody else. The king said, call him back. The guy came back with his pitiful face, pitiful face. He said, the king said, didn't I have mercy on you? Yes, sir. So why didn't you have mercy on the other guy? He didn't, couldn't answer. And the king says, because of that, I'm canceling the mercy and I'm asking you to pay me all my money. I'm putting you in jail until you pay. The reason why people don't receive mercy is because they are not merciful. Yes. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter number 5 verse 7, it says, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. You see, in the church, we can't forgive people. Somebody offend us, we hold it in our heart and we go before God. Father, have mercy on me. Jesus says, you will not receive mercy. Why do you think upon the blood you will receive mercy, but you can't give mercy to somebody else? We have people that are thinking in their heart today. They are sitting here. They hate somebody else. They don't even want to talk to that person. They don't want to look at the direction of that person. But we are claiming mercy. The Bible says you will never receive mercy. And if by mistake mercy was given to you, they will remove it from you. Yes. This was, this was a parable to display how God deals with us in the kingdom. That's why some of you have been praying for things for many years. It does not happen. You know why it does not happen? Because you failed to do that to somebody else. If we are not merciful, we don't receive mercy. It's clear in scripture. You cannot go before God, have mercy on me, oh Lord, have mercy. Then when you turn there's somebody, hey, have mercy. Hey, who are you? So, so mercy must work for you, but not for other people. Hypocrites. When you behave like that, you are like a reptilian. Hallelujah. Let live the reptilian habits and embrace the Adamic habits. 
the Christ Jesus habits. Somebody borrows you money. You pursue that person until, 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 until. When you see him, you. You. But then you go before God. Father, provide for me. Ah. If you are not merciful, forget about mercy. And I'm not saying it's an opportunity for people not to pay what they owe. But I'm saying you, you, that, 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 that borrowed, you must have another attitude. They must have an attitude of faithfulness. That because I took, I must pay back. But you must have an attitude of mercy. If he fails to pay, I will still be merciful. Mercy is shown to those who display mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. Say it again. Blessed are the merciful, for... Say it again. So do you know that you just disqualified yourself if you are not merciful? Because you have said before heaven that it's only those who give mercy that mercy is given. You see, God is so merciful. I'm sure, and I can stand under correction, I'm sure if Judas had repented, you would have received mercy. But he was so full of himself, so full of pride that he killed himself. You know some people, they don't want to fail. When they fail, it's like the whole world has collapsed. That attitude is pride. Allow yourself to go through the weakness of humanity so that you can know that you serve a merciful God. Allow yourself. Allow people around you to make mistakes. Otherwise, you are like a judge. You are like a headmaster. Sorry, headmasters are good. But... Hallelujah. So this morning, God is saying, this is my heart. Worship me in the truth of your heart. And come before me calling on my mercy. And when you fail, I have mercy for you. But don't fail to show mercy to other people too. Hallelujah. Merciful. Merciful. There are some things that will cause you to miss heaven. If you are merciless, if you are racist, you won't see heaven. That one you must repent quickly. You will not. By the mercies of God, I beg you. And when I talk about racism, I'm not talking about a class of people. I'm talking about everybody. Racism is everywhere. We shouldn't confine a certain class of people as racist, but we describe racism is a spirit. It does not attack you because you have a certain color. It attacks you because your heart is wrong. Yes. You give, you give room, it will come in. You need to regard all men as created by God. You need to acknowledge that they all have value in God's eyes. You need to value every person. Even if he's standing in the street, you still need to value him because the spirit, because God made him. 
the system of mercy needs to be explained in, in order for us to acquire it. Because if I come here, I preach you, I say, call for mercy, then you go there and say, yo, it didn't work. But you must check why it didn't work. Were you merciful to people? Have you come to a place where your heart is a repentant heart, where when you fall, you repent quickly and you go again? Do you despise people? But you say, oh, that guy smells bad, like if you hurt, you smell yourself. God is calling us to order in order for mercy to overtake us. I'm praying this morning that the mercy of God shall overtake you. I say I'm praying this morning that we may stand in righteousness and the mercy of God overtaking us because God has supplied mercy for us this morning. Mercy. Mercy. So I told you last Sunday that the posture that causes us to receive mercy is weakness. When we go before him and we come to a place where we understand that we are weak, then he can be strong. This morning, I don't know what you are going through, but there is mercy for you. I told you mercy opened doors. Remember in the book of Acts chapter number 12, the angel of God came and walked before Peter and the iron gate was open. It was mercy. Remember, Peter couldn't open it by his own strength. He wouldn't be there if he could open it. But when God stepped in and God went before him, the door were open. When mercy go before you, doors will be open. Because the Lord said, I am going before you. May grace and mercy follow us. I want to end by quoting the book of Psalm 23. Can we put it on the PowerPoint? Let's stand up together. Psalm 23. Let's quote it together. And then uh, we're going to have, is a communion? Do we have communion? Okay. Let's read Psalm 23. Put it on the PowerPoint. One, two, three. Wait, 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 wait. Don't quote it with your minds. Because if I didn't stop you, we'll just recite it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not wait. Uh, no. I want you to mean every word. Amen. Let's go. One, two, three. Not, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the sterile waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and mercy. Surely, 
goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm praying that goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. That you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can we give a big hand to our Lord?